Good news, everyone. We don't have to talk about the Red Pill space today. Microphone check. One, two, three, four. Let's go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Wolf Bat Podcast, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly topics that happens here in the entertainment industry on a weekly basis, where we uncover the behind the scenes, talk about the ugly truths, and of course, giving us our first perspective on any reaction videos that we take upon it. I'm your host, Wolfson, and without further ado, let's get down with the shitstand. So, just like like I said in the intro, no need to talk about the red pill space today. Yes, psych. I'm I'm joking. I said I said I'm only gonna talk about those guys unless they they really crossed the line. This time they haven't. I'm just gonna spit it out and say like the latest thing that they're trying to you know grab because their business is about to fail and it's, and it's shot to hell. Um, he said he went to the Temple uh, podcast, which is like, okay, sure, go complain again. Last time I checked. Temple checked on you guys um, when it comes to fair use and DNC strikes that you shouldn't be doing that. But alas, these are a bunch of morons. They don't know any better, of course. But then in here comes and says, um, hey, uh, uh, women shouldn't be worked. Shouldn't, I mean, women shouldn't vote. <laughs> what? Women shouldn't vote? And everybody's like jumping on it. I said one member of the Tim cast that says, like, no, women should should have the right to vote. And, and Myron's like, well, yeah, they, they should vote. If, if, if you were working on a service, like if you're uh, working on a hospital or 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 the army or Belize and this and that, I'm like, huh, where did I heard this before? Oh, yeah. I heard this from our grifter, Just Burley Fins, right? Yeah. Emotional, damn Aww. it. They're trying to be like just pretty fins, you know? They're trying to be a bunch of idiots and, t- and try to grab something until they make themselves relevant again. <laughs> Little did they know that being a grifter doesn't last long. You know? So, what can I say? And that's as much as I'm going to talk about those two idiots, all right? Thank God, man. I don't need to. I don't need to deal any more of this bullshit from these guys. Although they provide good content, it makes you want to think about life itself um, when you're dealing with such idiot peoples or scammers and frauds like that. You know, but you know, it is what it is. You know, I'll take it. They get content, brings content, brings topics to talk about, things to do and what not to do with it. I'm all about it, but. Today's episode, there's several topics that I definitely want to cover, and most of them are definitely music related, which is my field expertise right here. <laughs> and then at the end, there's definitely I want to talk about um, Starfield because this was brought up to my attention by a, by my good friend and brother um, Mike Fiennes Yu-Gi-Oh. Like shout out to him, man. He brought that attention to me, and I'm like, interesting. We're going to discuss about it. You know, we're just going to discuss. So without further ado, let's get started with our first topic of the day. So today we're going to take a look at this video that came across um, by this by this YouTube content creator known as Blackie Speaks. I guess I don't know much about him other than he what he does is expose certain truths. I mean, I guess he's like one of those reaction channels that talks and that media channels that talks about like Supposing some truths and whatnot. 
I don't know. I don't know about I don't know much about him or his YouTube channel, but it did came across with um with this rapper Ross. Now, if anybody who doesn't know who Ross is, he's a he is known to be one of the most famous SoundCloud rappers that started off in the SoundCloud era for rap, for hip hop and. Ever since he came out from being the SoundCloud rapper, he became one of the most big, influential and biggest rappers in the in the world. Now, is he at Drake level? People don't consider him that big, but he's definitely big. And he make money and millions on his own. He does he didn't have to do it by releasing music to music labels. Isn't that wild? Now, so a lot of things have been said in this podcast that, you know. The majority of record labels, they're a bunch of shady motherfuckers that all they care about is giving you nothing and they keep everything, you know? Some are actually out there. I've I've done an episode about this and I've explicitly, explicitly said the majority, not all of them, the majority. And a few they're really good record labels that they want to elevate you, you know, which like it makes sense, you know. But Russ is one of those few rappers one of those independent rappers, actually, that actually made to success all by himself without the help of any record labels. You know, Drake's song on I Want, I want It Forever. I want, that's, and there's a verse that he says, like, labels want my name besides an ex like Malcolm. Everybody got a deal. I did it without one. That's the part I want to point it out. Labels want my name besides, beside an and it's like Malcolm, everybody got a deal. I did it with on one. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Drake got a, de- a record deal and he was co-signed by Lil Wayne. Nani? So for you to say like I did it without one is like bullshit. You had Lil Wayne's help. You had Lil Wayne's influence in your career and to, for you to build the career that you have and now have a label of your own. I, that's why I would not consider Drake an independent artist. He's definitely a, one of the greatest out there, but not an independent artist. I, he made himself as like, I did it without a deal. It's like, no, Little Wayne co like The moment you had an artist co-sign you and release your music on their labels, like you you basically sign a deal with the record label. It's so facto. I would want to put it. So Ross happens to be one of those rappers that didn't without anyone, without one. And made a success because he found the formula of how to actually get these streams out, how to actually market your music. One of the things that he did was basically he released a song every week. Every week, he released a song until people started to like pay attention and people wanted him more on festivals and events and show. And then his music started to take off. And then from there, he started to like um, monitor, monitorize the the music by by signing the publishing deals that he found on his own without the help of anybody. And it's it's a great story because a lot of labels want to do that. A lot of labels want to like they don't want you to know about these uh, publishing companies that they that artists can sell and and purchase the publishing deals on their own. The labels don't want you to know that. Why? Because that takes away their business model off. And when you have people like Ross doing it on their own and they're being self-made and get, earning millions, it makes the record labels look bad because that way artists will look at Ross's career. It's like, man, Ross did it on his own. I want to do it that way. I don't have to sign a record label. I just had to what? Find a publishing deal, find a way how to market this songs, and I get and I get it and I got it. And I all the money. Oh, I get it 100 percent I don't have to split shares with any labels. Damn, I want to do that. It's a dangerous thing for a record label because that's how they lose, you know, 
That's how they lose money. That's how they actually lose, you know, their credibility as a regular. And that ends up with people like releasing self, self-release songs. And then what's the whole point of having a record label? Why? If I can release my song and keep 100% of the royalties. Oh, it's so I could get the exposure. So I could get the money. Oh, okay. But how could I cannot do that? No, that's slow. That's that was, sorry, We'll give it to you now. It's like, but I will eventually have it, right? But then it comes to myself. So why do I need you? Bad business for record labels. And that's why record labels do anything but anything with their powers to destroy credibility on these rappers. And these are not just these rappers, these artists. They'll do anything to destroy credibility. I've seen it happen, and even in the EDM scene. And no less with Russ. So I'm going to put up this video so you guys can check it out um, from Blackie Speaks. And basically, it shows... And, and Russ... Here's the thing. Russ has been notoriously hated in the industry because he continues to expose all the ugly tools. What I've been saying it for the longest time, and I be, keep telling people this is the stuff that really happens on an everyday basis, Russ does it on a higher level because he has the following. He has the voice that are more than I do. But... You guys don't believe me, all the shadiness that comes behind it? Well, let's hear from the horse's mouth itself, you know? So let's just go back and, and check it out for a bit and let's react to it. Now, rappers faking their streams, not something that should surprise you. A lot of us are already hip to the game. In this video, I'm going to uncover some things and give you a little bit of insight into how this is being done. Also, going to touch on a story regarding another rapper exposing how he's getting screwed over by the industry behind the scenes. Want to talk a little bit about this Russ story. If you guys yeah. don't know what's going on, Russ recently decided to come out and expose some things about the music industry after he was Hallelujah. done dirty behind the scenes. Before we move on, just a quick little introduction on who Russ is. I'm sure most people are familiar with him, though. Russ is a 30-year-old rapper, singer, songwriter, producer, an engineer okay, he does it all uh, Atlanta, Georgia he's a very successful artist in the industry has been going strong on a big level for over 7 years and has an extensive catalog and track record definitely one of the rappers who I want to say has almost the perfect career he owns the majority of his masters mm -hmm. is completely self-made has a strong fan base yep. sells out towards globally yep. you name it now the boy Russ recently ran into some trouble with the corporations of the industry and he decided to expose it all they played this man like the damn flute and they were not yep. expecting him to go off like this they thought he would hold his tongue because that's what most artists do and to be quite honest with you that's probably what I would have done because going against the industry in this fashion can sometimes be dangerous now I'm not a conspiracy theorist i however am a realist theorist and i always like focusing on the things that are tangible and in front of us however when it comes to going against the music industry as an independent entity like russ himself you are opening yourself up for a lot of things that you might not necessarily want to deal with when someone threatens the status quo and goes against the corporations what tends to happen is they become an enemy of a bigger establishment now russ is someone who's secured his future he's completely independent right. doesn't depend on a major label to keep his business running and so now he's at a place where he's speaking his truth as he sees it because he can afford to do that russ has what we call fu money he's making hundreds of thousands exactly. every single week stuff that i don't have there's stuff that a lot of people don't have. I don't have a few money, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to expose some of the truths. No, quite the contrary popular to believe I will. Because the fact that I don't have any a few money, I have nothing to lose about it. It's like, all right, I'm not going to make it. That's fine. I will continue on and continue to say these shady things that really happens on a daily, a daily basis. I don't got nothing to lose out of it. What are, what are they going to do? And has been on that trajectory for almost a decade. So his belly is full, pockets good, fan base intact, all that good stuff. What happened recently is Russ dropped an album titled Santiago. I listened to it, very dope body of work. Shout out to Russ for that. Now Russ's album ended up debuting at number 12 on the Billboard 200 and it pushed over 42,000 first week, which is amazing for an wow. artist who doesn't, number one, have the industry behind him. Number two is independent, not fake independent, but actually independent. So 42,000 first week ain't bad at all. Now the thing is, Russ's album actually did 52K first week. And now you might be wondering, what do you mean actually did? The numbers clearly said Russ Santiago debuts at number 12 with 42K sold. Well, this is when we get to the expert 
expose because Russ revealed something that happened behind the scenes. And this is what he said. Billboard and Luminate took away another 4,000 of my real sales over the weekend, making that 10,000 sales total they took away from me while allowing major labels to fake their streams and sales and do monopolistic merch bundles. Only major labels are allowed to do merch bundles because the only approved vendor is a major label vendor. That's a fact. These numbers and charts are made up. The impact, however, is not. Shout out to the fans. Russ also. Holy shit. Oh, he went on. Hold on. He went on. Billboard and Luminate took away another four facets of my real sales over the weekend, making that 10,000 sales total that they took away from me while allowing major labels to fake their streams. Fake their streams and sales and do monopolistic bond merch bundles, which we've heard this happening for, for a long time. You know, these numbers are all made up. Am I surprised that he said that? No, not really. I've heard about this and I'm pretty sure I've talked about, I don't know. No, I don't think I've ever talked about people faking numbers and streams. I've, I have talked about like how many streams you put, you want to get for you to potentially earn at least a thousand dollars, you know, that I've talked, which is ridiculous. You know, it's ridiculous that you need to have like a, like you earn per stream like 0. 0.000 cents until you make like a million and then that's when you make a thousand. It's fucking ridiculous, you know? And these, and I'm pretty sure that these um, labels, what they do is like they, they bought. Remember what I talked about YouTube botting shit? It's not that far off from, from the music, music labels and doing all that type of shit. I mean, botting? I've been hearing this since I started making music, man, about people botting, bro. And so they can fake their numbers so they can say like, see, and you can tell that it's been bought because you can see the the ratio from the views to the likes and the comments. Like you have 10, 20,000. Okay, let's just put it on YouTube's perspective. You have 20,000 views, only a thousand likes, several dislikes, and like a hundred comment that commented. Bro, you're telling me out of the 20,000 views. Only a thousand of them decided to like it and only a hundred of them decided to comment. Like if you had 20,000 views and I see that your numbers is like 20,000 views and you have like 10,000 likes and, you know, like 5,000 comments or whatnot, I can believe that. That's much more believable. But bruh, 20,000 views and a thousand likes and a hundred commenters. Put up another tweet saying the following. One company, PMC, Pensk. Media Corporation owns Lumina, the sole company that verifies the data for all the Billboard charts. That's also very true. Billboard, Rolling Stone, Variety, etc. So, Billboard, you know what that is. It's an American entertainment slash music magazine. So it's been around for a long time. Now, here's the thing when it comes to Billboard, right? Billboard is owned by this company called Pensk Media Corporation. Now, PMC, short for Pensk Media Corporation, is a digital media publishing company based in Los Angeles. And this company owns over 20 of the biggest media companies in the music industry. Jesus, I didn't know that they owned that. Bill Billboard, Variety. Wow, Variety. Seriously? Uh, Indie Wire, Hollywood Reporter. Wow, they actually own a lot of damn. Some of them include Billboard, and they also own the very company that provides all the music and entertainment data in the music industry. This company is, or used to be called, MRC Data, and it's a data and analytics provider for the entire music industry. Back in 2020, Pensk Media Corporation and MRC formed a data joint venture and started going by PMRC. Two years later, in March 2022, Pensk MRC Data ended up coming together as one company and rebranded as Luminate. So right now, at this very moment in 2023, the company Luminate is a source for all the numbers you see in the music industry. This is where all the data is essentially coming from. So they have all the monopoly. And they happen to be owned by one company, which owns the majority of the big media brands in the music industry. He dropped this comment on an Instagram post that was discussing the news, and he said the following. These aren't baseless accusations. They emailed us saying they're removing my sales. I'm supposed to not say anything. Meanwhile, y'all's favorite artists fake their streams and sales. We talked wow. to that guy too. Y'all hop online trying to figure out why they can't sell tickets. LMA. Oh, sheep being sheep. Also, publications are only posting me when I'm calling something out 
gives this perception like that's all I do with my time, LMAO. Russ continued with this tirade by saying, I don't think y'all realize how nuts this is. Billboard charts are inflated by fake data, which is being verified by only one company. Luminate and Billboard are owned by the same company. He also put up this other tweet saying, watching the general public try to figure out why certain streams don't match the ticket sales is funny. LOL, it's not rocket science. Use your brain. Russ also said, Jeez. I dedicated my life to music and spreading a good message and corrupt corporations are stealing and sabotaging from me and I'm supposed to shut up because overall my life is good. Man, LMAO, y'all can tuck your tail if you want. I'm not. I'm speaking up for the artists who can't. Bro, Russ, you're the G, man. You are the G, man. You are the G. And for those uh, Billboard, Luminate, and all those big corporations, you get this. Congratulations. You played yourself. Making this video because the first week numbers are in. So first things first was showing you appreciation. But second thing is addressing the bullshit that's going on in the industry. So they've reported that I did 46,000. That's not true. I did 51,000. And it's really not so much about numbers why I'm like irritated with it. It's it's the fact that y'all are trying to diminish my impact and make it seem like my impact isn't really what it is. Um, so they took away 5,600 of my sales on the grounds of, these are their words, that I'm not allowed to incentivize my fans to buy an album. And yet that is the definition of marketing. Um, and what's strange about that is they allow merch bundles, but they only allow merch bundles if you use the one and only approved vendor, which is a major label vendor. So you can only do merch bundles, which is incentive to buy an album if you're major label artist. So that's corrupt in and of itself. They also, and you guys all know, anyone in the industry watching this, you know this guy and that company, I won't say the names, but they boost the streams and they boost the sales. The industry allows for fake sales and fake streams to count, but my real sales of real people aren't allowed because I incentivize my fans to buy an album. Nah, Russ, you're actually boosting yourself. Don't gaslight me. Y'all know what y'all doing. I feel like I've already said this before, how they actually make up numbers. Like, yeah, by boost, by boosting their merch size. Like, they do the bundle. The bundle that he's talking about is that, you know, when you go to the concert, uh, they allow you to like sell real, real copies of the album and they bundle it with a, with a t-shirt and whatnot. And they also do that even pre before streaming. Like if you don't want to stream and it's like, Hey, for 50 bucks, you get in the actual copy of it, CD and whatnot. And you can get a t-shirt and a signed vinyl of it. Like, and what they're doing, these labels is that they're counting those merch bundles as a sale. So they counted as a sale. Merch and music are two different aspects of sales. The music is its own thing. You're buying a song, that's a sale, versus merch. You're buying merchandise from, from these said artists as this. I cannot stress to you how the two things are completely different, but these companies are smart enough that they'll bundle it into one because it's that's how you get the money. Not only you're getting money out of, you know, by selling their merchandise very quickly, but you're also getting the money out of selling it along with the with the with the album or wh whatever song that you try. And th and then you boost up your numbers. Because whatever you sell merchandise from said artists that they're selling the album, it does not count part of the album sales. It does not. But when you bundle it with the album itself selling the album, and now now we count it. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's fair. But this is the ugly truth that we deal on a, a daily basis. The exposure that this is this shit that happens all, all the time. You think Ross is making this up? You think I'm making this up? Like, bro, if we're talking about it, it's because we worked in the industry and we know what goes behind the scenes. And we have to speak about it because this is how we avoid these stupid deals, you know?
Just know that the game Russ is playing is, you know, technically a really dangerous game because the music industry doesn't take anyone who goes against them lightly. Once you're an enemy, you're always going to stay one. Russ yep. is someone who's built up enough leverage for himself to the point where he's completely independent of the infrastructure the music industry has to offer. He's done a really good job at cultivating his own system outside of the industry. Now, the thing about Russ right now is he's a break in the pattern. He's doing things independently at such a high level to the point where he's setting a certain precedent that's not all that beneficial for the music industry. If there's one rapper who's a threat to the labels right now, it's this guy right here. Mm -hmm. And it's not that Russ is a, you know, one man army who's doing everything by himself because he has a team of people he works with like any successful artist. It's just that Russ managed to gain all this industry experience by being signed and he really had no plans to be in bed with the corporations forever one of the things that he was intending to do was to hold on to as much of his power as possible and he had this in mind when he signed now as for what russ said regarding the inflated streams my favorite part of the video is coming up right now so that's not really a secret he brought up something interesting on that one tweet when he said watching the general public try to figure out why certain streams don't match the ticket sales is funny lol it's not rocket science use your brain what russ is essentially saying is streams can be manufactured hard tickets however can't and that's a fact this is why you should never put too much weight on an artist's monthly listeners or their streams i mean yep. there's a rapper who was popping a few years ago who recently dropped an album who just canceled his entire tour and he had over 20 million monthly listeners on spotify i'm sure you know what rapper i'm talking about i'm gonna be talking about that very soon but this is especially relevant when we have let's say an artist who doesn't have that long of a track record because there are a lot of people in this industry who come in with a not so extensive track record and a lot of times the history that does exist on them is actually a fabricated story that's been closely manipulated and edited in order to make mm -hmm. their success appear as organic so they have a bunch of manufactured streams on let's say spotify where it's visible and they build a little bit of fake hype on social media by allocating a lot of their yep. funds towards advertisements specifically with the help of hip-hop media outlets and part of building that fake hype i almost forgot okay Fake followers, that's a very big part of it, okay? Fake followers. And so they end up getting a lot of eyes on them at once. Now, let me explain the psychology here, right? The idea is for those eyes to see what appears to be the success they're getting and a percentage of those eyes then convert into actual listeners. Now, this is a strategy a lot of artists, specifically rappers, are using right now at this very moment. Stream farms and inflated numbers are bigger than ever. And a lot of the upcoming names you're finding out about are on it. Now, a lot of these artists are actually getting funded by outside investors from what I'm hearing because they themselves can't afford to do it because, you know, they're signed to a major label. They've spent a lot of their money already and they're already in the negative. So they don't have the funds required for this. So these outside entities that have the resources help them get their career off the ground and they're providing them with the money. The benefit they get is that they receive a percentage of their future earnings if the artist ends up being successful. Just like how a record label gives you an advance in return for owning your masters, these investors, they're independent and willing to blow money for a potential return on that investment anyways like i think we can pause it right there you guys can if you guys want to check the full video you can go ahead and check the full video i, I think we already heard enough out of it um what are my thoughts in all of this guys um it's plain and simple cut dry there's not much to discuss about it this is exactly why i started the podcast overall like i'm tr like there's no i'm not again what russ is doing is a revolution I'm just voicing that revolution and I'm advocating it and I'm like, yeah, go for it. Now, am I going to take part of it? No, because it's a huge monster. Now, if Russ tells me, yo, I want to be part, I want you to be part of this so we can change the, the, the industry and then we can gather up more and more and more people, then okay, by all means, I'll gather because then it'll be a whole collective huge of artists against the entire industry and we're going to change it for the better good. But doing it by himself, look, I got to give it to Russ. Russ is a G. Shout out to him, man. He, he's fighting the good fight. And I, I, the best, the best I can do right now is to like voice the support and like, yeah, you got this. That's all I can do. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not nobody at this point, you know? So maybe labels don't see this. Maybe they will see this eventually. I don't know. I don't care. I don't work for labels, you know, and I and I've worked with certain labels and I'm not going to mention any guys. I don't want to put them out there, but I will always tell the truth on everybody, on everybody who wants to be an up and coming uh, artist. I will tell them, guys, if you're going to if like if you don't need to, you don't need to sign to a record label. You can naturally do this on your own. But if you want to, that's fine. Here are the ways to 
go to the to the label and here are the ways for you to get signed. And obviously the whole main product is that your song is the shit. Like it's next level and that that and that's what you want. I've already discussed in our previous episodes later earlier on. You can check that out on my channel. Um, there are other ways to get to a label. And also the main thing that I tell people when you sign to a label, read the contract. I cannot stress out how much I keep saying this to everybody. Read your fucking contracts because nine times out of 10, people don't read the contracts. And when they hear these ridiculous splits from between royalties and masters and and everything is like, it's like, how the hell did you let this happen? All because they didn't read the contracts. And then guys, as a word of advice, um, if you don't want to read a contract, hire a lawyer. Trust me. The $500 that you get on a lawyer for them to read a contract will save you millions in the future. Because these record labels, they somehow hide the hidden truth within the wording. And it's the wording that's like gets you confused. But that's why I tell people it's like you have two options. Either one, hire a lawyer to read the contract or two, read it yourself. Read it like 10 times until you get it and then circle the parts that you don't get. It. And then go to... I don't know, go to YouTube or go to these blogs and forums that that develop, you know, that are about lawyer base and contracts and what's there are out there. Just go about it and just say, hey, what does this wording mean? What does this mean? And they tell you, I need to know more about story about the contract. Oh, here's the contract. And that's where some of these some of them may be student law uh, lawyers that they're trying to be lawyers, which is fine. Because at least now they have uh, experience of it. Some of them are actual lawyers and they have and they just, you know, help out people, you know, like, you you know, sort of like a deal for you for them to for him to read the content. And he'll tell you verbatim like what it means. You know, it, it, there there's a bunch of things that you can do. You know, you just send it and just reread it and then you find out the the truth behind the contract, you know. I cannot stress how much I tell people, just read the contracts, even if you don't know, just read. And if you know somebody that knows how to read contracts, show it to them and ask them what, what do they think, you know? Because it's that way, that's how you get screwed over. And that's why you see rock bands and rappers and other pop star artists getting screwed over later in the future. So what Russ is doing is exposing the ugly truth, which is everybody fates their streams. I don't know what to tell you guys. Like, it happens. This is something that's now a norm. We just go to these companies that they bought the streams professionally and they count ourselves. And then we get our check. The world we live in. We spend like, what, $200 and I gain 1000 So I made a profit of $800, basically. That's how, that's how the money works. That's how this industry works. So... Shout out to Ross, man, for doing what he's doing. It's very brave. And, you know, I wish that my voice is much more big, that people can really hear about it. And, you know, I can fight the fight with, along with Ross. But I know I'm not the only one out there. Both is the truth about the music industry. And not just the music industry, but the entertainment industry as a whole as well. And there was also another one that talks about the music. I forgot his YouTube channel, but I am subscribed to it. Like, damn. That he was, he's also another successful self-made um, rapper, and he has a YouTube channel that and has courses and whatnot. I don't know. I'll think about it later and later down the road. But yeah, guys, like this is the stuff that happens on a daily basis, you know. So let's move on to the next topic. Um, more music news. We got two festivals that happened the past weekend that literally went to a shit show. Like everything was just like 
fuck, this is the shittiest festival ever. Let's start with the first one. Burning Man. I've been hearing like the stories of Burning Man for over the years. And I feel like it's kind of overrated. And it's basically a, a, a festival in the middle of nowhere with the desert and the sun. And then if it rains, there's mud and shit. And then there's music. And then people just take drugs with it. And it's like, not my cup of tea, honestly. I don't know what people find it like. So, ooh. so Burning Man was this weekend. Well, this past weekend during Label Day weekend. And I got some news for you guys. Here's an article from USA Today. Burning Man 2023. See photos of thousands of people leaving the festival in Black Rock Desert. Attendees who plan to leave on buses wait for information about when they will be able to leave on Labor Day weekend. Dude, this is crazy. Thousands of people at Burning Man were stuck in traffic for hours as they tried to leave Nevada's Black Rock Desert Tuesday after being stranded for days because of heavy rain. Yikes. Wait times to exit the site were up to five hours long Tuesday morning, according to Burning Man traffic update posted on Twitter or X. Our hour-long delays are normal on Burning Man and known to, by the attendees as Exodus, but about 73,000 people attended the annual event this year and Burning Man took place on a Monday, which was later than usual because rain forced a delay. Wow, so these people were all the way on, uh, on the weekend. They were stuck there for hours until Burning Man really started on a Monday. Yikes. The mood in the line to leave was as cheerful as the sunny weather Tuesday as campers, trucks, and rental cars inch along the exit roads past a small number of disabled vehicles. That's crazy. Burning Man goers leaving the Nevada desert, which is like, wow, you're in the middle of nowhere. Reno. So go, I'm going back to Reno. Oh, my God. Look at uh, we need We need weld, welding help. The trailer's arm is broken. Help, please. Wow. Look at that. Like, the SUV is literally stuck in the muddy road. Like, it can't go anywhere. Jesus. And this is the line to get out? What the fuck? This is what we do, guys. Like, we're going to go to the middle of the desert. This is us having fun. Congratulations. Great. You played yourself. Uh, yeah, people get stranded. People were stranded for the entire time. Because of the heavy rain. And I see videos of people all mud up. And it's like, oh yeah, cool stuff. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> is it cool, guys? Is it really? Like, mm, I don't know. But that's not as bad as this shit show of Electric Zoo in New York City. Now, for those of you who don't know what Electric Zoo is or Ezo is, it's basically an EDM festival. Just like any other EDM festival like Ultra, EDC, um, I don't know, Life in Color as well, Beyond Wonderland, Sunset Music Festival, you know, all those festivals, you know. It's just another festival that happens on New York and it's very famous. Um, and they happen this weekend, but they pull a fire festival move. What am I, I mean by my logistical issues plagued the festival throughout the weekend, culminating in ticket holders storming the gates. Uh, now, what, did I, what do we mean about that? Let's continue to read on. It was not the best weekend for American festivals as tens of thousands of, uh, of Burning Man attendees found themselves stranded in Nevada desert due to flooding. On the other side of the country, New York City's Electric Zoo was plagued with logistical nightmares. 
the EDM festival was forced to cancel its Friday programming after failing to complete a construction of its main stage. So right off the bat, right there, they had to cancel the main. They had to cancel the Fridays because their main stage wasn't ready. Thus, his music festival they take two weeks prior before the main thing happens to start setting up the, in the the festival itself. I know because I I used to live near downtown. I know I used to live in downtown. Literally, my building is right next to Bayfront Park that I can literally see ultra from from the balcony or, or from the pool balcony of my apartment building. It's pretty cool. I I save myself three hundred dollars or four hundred or whatever it's called. Um, it's called. Uh, like these guys, what what happens is that they take two weeks to construct seven stages and they do it like a next level type shit. Seven stages with lighting and everything and whatnot. And by the week, they start testing the LEDs and whatnot. So they take weeks out of it. Me reading this indicates me that these guys were literally a last minute thing and they couldn't finish it. I don't know why, but that's very unprofessional. Anyways, let's continue on. Um, in the statement, share just hours before the event was set to get underway, organizers blame global supply chain disruptions that prevented us from completing the construction of the main stage in time for day one. Nani? Global supply chain disruptions? Is that, does he mean like, does, do they mean like weather conditions? Like it was raining and that's why, I guess, yeah. I guess for weather reasons, they couldn't do it. But then again, when it storms out, you can pull overtime and just like do it, do it overnight. I don't know. The disruption continue on Saturday on as Izu delayed the opening of its case by two hours. Bruh. Jesus. Some attendees report that they waited in line for up to four hours before finally getting an entry. What the fuck? But things really came to a head. On Sunday, when organizers announced that the festival had reached capacity earlier than anticipated? Wait, what? Nani? The festival was at capacity? How's that possible? I've never heard of a festival like this big that, other than Travis Scott. But Travis Scott is different because Travis Scott tweeted to, hey, if you can't get in, then force yourself to get in. His words, Twitter, look it up. But a fest, an EDM festival on um, that capacity, like as big as Ultra as as it is, like it never reaches capacity. And I mean, that's exactly why we have tiers of selling out um tickets. That's why we have tier one, tier two, tier three. Like with tier, if tier one, tier two didn't like for it to be a tier two, they have to sell out tier one. For there to be a tier three, they need to sell out tier two. So they know the capacity of how much they have, and this is like projected numbers that they. Go, go about it based on previous experiences, previous years. That this is something being calculated. So this shouldn't be an issue. And if you sold all the all the tickets that you had, then you should have the amount of attendees that you projected on selling them. So for them to say, like, it's a capacity, this is some Seth, Marf uh, like Seth Farland shit. I don't know. I don't know if I just mentioned Seth Farland from Family Guy. Probably because I'm watching Family Guy. Now. But no, it's, uh, it's the other Seth. Fire Festival Seth. That's crazy. That's crazy. We deeply apologize for this inconvenience and I hope you understand that this decision was made with everyone's best interest in mind. Or shit, said, who said organizer who attributed the capacity issues due to the challenges caused by Friday's cancellation. What has one got to do with the other? Okay. While well, Electric Zoo promised a full refund, well, that's good. 
The announcement did not sit well with some ticket holders who preceded the storm festival's gates. I would have blamed them. So, I mean, it's not wrong. It's not right. You shouldn't do that. But, you know, whatever, I guess. I know I wouldn't do that. But these are kids we're talking about. Um, uh, social media footage captured people jumping over barricades and running past police officers as they made their way into the festival grounds. Consulates have reached out to electric zoo organizers for more information. That's crazy. <laughs> The stampede. Uh oh. My thoughts in all of this with Burning Man, I feel like again, again for these two festivals, they should have like rescheduled. That's their best alternative, reschedule. And it's like, hey guys, I know, but you know, or give them a full refund. I mean, Izu did that, Burning Man didn't. I mean, I guess you know, I get it that people with um, I get that you know, I don't. I honestly, I don't know what to say, guys. All I know, all I'm seeing is a shit show happening. You know, weather conditions. You cannot predict it. You know, it happens. You know, this year it was very unlucky for Burning Man and for Izu. You know, for Burning Man alone, it's like holy fuck, guys. Like, like was it worth going there for being stuck for hours and with the heat and the Nevada and breaking shit and getting stuck with the muddy? Was it really worth it? Like. I would have turned around if it's going to be raining for the festival and an open space. I was like, I would have turned around. It's like, nah, fuck this shit, you know, but um, that's just me, you know, but when there's weather shit like that, like, bro, like just reschedule. Like, that's the best bet. Otherwise, you're going to have situations like this. And from Izu, they just pull a fire festival, honestly. Like, I get the complications of setting up a stage, but that's why you always set up a stage two weeks prior. You never do a one week prior because you get, you face these complications, you know? And how is it possible that the whole week was raining and you couldn't finish it on time? Like, what? And you couldn't finish the stage on time? Well, like Again, and then when it stops raining, you can actually 
do overnights. Like this happens all the time with a lot of uh, with a lot of uh, audio engineers. Like a lot of A ones and A twos, they do this shit. This is normal. So for them to pull it out like this, it's crazy. So first off, first big move was just cancel the first the Friday event. I I get it. Issue issue a full refund. Saturday it didn't open the gates until two to five hours later. And then Sunday, they say that there was already at capacity all because of what happened on Friday. It's like some, a couple of lame ass excuses. And I feel like these organizers are not going to be doing another Izu Nets here because I don't think New York is going to allow it. After that shit shit that just happened. Yeah, I know. I don't know. You can let me know in the comments down below. If you guys were part of that whole fiasco of Izu or Burning Man, please let me know in the comments down below and let me hear your thoughts about this. So, um, last thing I want to talk about was this thing that, that got to me, um, shout out to my brother, um, Mike Phoenix, you go check out his YouTube channel. Sorry. It's Mike Phoenix hero. Check out his YouTube channel. He, do, he does a lot of, uh, you, a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh content. Um, he sent me he, an RPG game that was just recently released, you know, and it's captured a lot of momentum, a lot of, you know, popularity. I, mean, I haven't got the chance of it. But it's like playing Skyrim in a sense, but on space, space. That's basically what it is, you know? And he brought this to my attention and he says like something, he says like people are are complaining because of the character customization. And I'm like, what do you mean people are complaining? Isn't that part of the game? It's like, yeah, but people are like complaining about pronouns. I'm like, Nani? what? Bruh. People are complaining about pronouns. Wait, what? So I had to see this video. Unfortunately, I cannot show it to you, but you guys can hear about it. So here it is. Gamers are getting pressed over Starfield having pronouns. After crybabies were flooding the internet with complaints over the game receiving 7 out of 10 review scores, now some of these same people are losing it because the game lets you choose your pronouns in the character creator. You know, cuz, that's a totally new concept that's never Seriously. been done before. I'm honestly convinced that a lot of these people didn't know that pronouns existed before 2020. Anywho, dudes are seriously <laughs> molding over this, like, losing their shit. Sorry, did you want to get immersed in our world? Yeah, well, guess what? Pronouns! That's the level of our narcissism here! It Bethesda Western Game Company! So yeah, some of these people are actually refunding the game over this and calling for a full-on Starfield boycott, which has got to be one of the dumbest things to boycott a game over. Yeah, give me predatory microtransactions and lie to me with shady marketing and sell me a broken game for full price, but don't you put no blasphemous pronouns in my game. Like, sure, I think it's a dumb thing to be frustrated over pronouns and character Seriously? creators. And people say us black folks be tripping when we complain about games having limited hair options but the difference here is that doesn't usually lead to us boycotting the game or molding we just rock the ball head of the generic afro and keep it thugging nor is our desire to have better hair options tied to transphobic ideologies so yeah i've seen that comparison out there y'all should stop it it's not accurate man these soft ass gamers getting sensitive over pronouns i tell you they never make it in a modern warfare 2 lobby <laughs> Oh my God. Anybody who knows about our generation, when Modern, not the sequel, the original Modern Warfare 2, those, I, that, I think that's the, the first game that decided, like, I want to play online. And I was playing online almost every freaking day during my college days. When I tell you the savagery from people talking in, in Modern Warfare in the lobby, 
It's like, bro, you fucking suck. You were, you were, you're a C word and R word and F word and all that stuff. I was like, damn, damn son. Of course, most of the time they they blame it on me because like I always died that easy. But I was like, I don't give a shit. So what do I do? I just mute everybody, so I don't need to listen to their bullshit. Oh, you're oh you suck, bro. Like what the fuck, bro? But I be and there's videos of it. Like this level of savagery of insulting is like the most creative way to to insult someone. I didn't know you can go that deep. And and there were even times that people get so cried up that they even willing to even you know threaten you with a death and everything that they were willing to kill you and shit. They were even willing to like hire a hacker to find to find where you are and you know dots you that level. Yeah, Mom Warfare to on the lobby that was pure savagery. Yeah, bro, they would have never last in today's world. The, the people in today's world that would never last that lobby. Not a chance. Different time, I guess, if you want to call it. But still, what are my thoughts on all of this? People are fucking idiots. Honestly, there's not there's not, there's not too much to think about. Like what? Something that I told um Mike is that, bro, you're telling me that it's okay to have a game that is half finished, half finished, and then it's spread, and then the rest of the game is continued to spread on DLCs. What I mean by that is that there lately there's been a trend in which a game is halfway finished, and then to have it completely finished is you got the two DLCs. Those are planned. Game is completely finished, but they want to spread into DLC so they could get more money out of it. So people are okay to have a game that's half finished and spread the rest of the game into DLCs and have the ability to microtransactions. Gotcha, bitch. But we draw the line when it comes to pronouns. Congratulations, you played yourself. Like what? Emotional damn it. Like choose your battles, honestly. And and I know what people will say. I know what people will say. Like, bro, microtransactions, ever since of EA, nobody likes microtransactions. This is something that's been said before. We'll send like, I get it. I've been complaining about microtransactions before. Absolutely. 100%. EA is a piece of shit or company for doing that type of shit. They're, they're well known about it. I mean, look at Star Wars, the Battlefront 2. It's all about that. But that doesn't stop people from getting into the microtransactions. And Fortnite and Apex and Overwatch and who else? Valorant? It's not stopping players for getting to those micro sections and getting the best looks and guns and whatnot. I don't know what to tell you, dude. But having a pronoun when you're building a character and then all of a sudden, like the character you want it to be a day and you don't have the option, it's only he and she. What are we complaining, honestly? What are we complaining? There's like a hundred things to complain about. This is not one of them. This is not a a, a a hill to die for. What? It says he? And only has he, the, he, his, and she and her? No, they and them? Us? We? This and that? Guys, a lot of things to complain about. This is not one of them. You're just a bunch of crybabies, honestly. People don't realize like the level of pettiness this really is, honestly. And to end things up with, the last thing I'm going to talk about is uh, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Nintendo says, here, let me show you guys. Nintendo says that they announced that they have no plans of releasing a, a DLC, which is good because that means that the game is finished and, you know, we're played it, played it, and there's still more stuff to play that. But I've heard um, from my cousin that, you know, Breath of the Wild had a DLC. So it's like, oh, okay. I didn't play Breath of the Wild. I played Tears. That's 
That's that's the best game ever from Zelda. And they say that they're moving forward to a brand new game in the series. So it's like, okay, so I now now we know we got the, we got that confirmation there's a new Zelda game coming around. So that's fine. Um this I got I had to mention it. A flight from Atlanta to Barcelona was forced to turn around after a, pen- a passenger had diarrhea all the way through the <laughs> That's embarrassing. You serious? Emotional, damn it! What this tells me is that lay off the chilies and the burritos and anything that gives you lactose intolerant. Lay it off before you go into a plane, especially a long ass plane. Which is funny because I heard that the plane was was an was an hour or two in, and they had to turn back because the smell was just unbearable. And I saw a video of the diarrhea. I was like. Bro, the guy literally shit in the hallway. He couldn't. He couldn't contain it. Poor bastard, whoever he or she was. I cannot end this podcast without saying this. Rest in peace to a legendary singer, Steve Harwell, lead singer of the infamous rock band Smash Mouth. Rest in peace to uh, to this legend, man. Apparently, he p- passed away. F- for liver failure, I believe. C. Harwell was a true American original, larger-than-life character who shot up into the sky like a Roman candle. Steve will be remembered for his unwary focus and impassioned determination to reach the heights of pop stardom. Rest in peace, knowing you aimed for the stars and magically hit your target. Rest in peace. You forever be an all-star, man. He died at the age of 56. I believe it was something around the liver failure. Yep, there it is. Singer Steve Harwell is hospice care with liver failure. Rest in peace to a legend. Another one was taken away way too soon, man. And also from Rushdown Records, another up-and-coming producer by the name of Goma has passed. I don't know what went down with it, but he's said to be that has worked and with and inspired many people from the Rushdown Assembly and others, you know. And he was just... A great artist, I believe. You know, it's sad to see these many great singers pass away. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to mention these amazing icons, guys. Um, I don't know what else to say. I haven't watched any movies lately yet. I probably will watch something, and I'll let you guys know what the reviews and also continue to play video games. And I pre-ordered a PlayStation Portal. Yes, guys, I did it. I'm part of the sheep. Whatever. I'm getting it, and I want to play video games when I'm in my bed, all right? So, guys, thank you guys for listening. And remember, every week is a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So, always remember to like and subscribe and click that bell for notification for, for your weekly episodes at youtube.com slash the Lone Wolf Podcast, when you can check all my latest episodes of the Wolf Pack and the Lone Wolf Podcast. Um, also, or you can check it out at Lone Wolf Pod. Comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experience. If you guys got a specific topic that you want me to cover, please let me know in the comments down below. Uh, and I'll do my best to cover on the next episode. Check it out on the audio versions on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, guys, for, for more episodes. So, guys, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys at the next one, all right? Peace.